Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Um, we are reading, what are we reading? Poopy Face. Oh, come on. The name of this book is Secret. Chapter nine. Chapter nine. Wait, isn't it eight? Well, no, we already did eight. It was eight. Now it's nine. Ready? Unfortunately, Cass's mother seemed to think that her absence meant Cass should have less freedom than rather than more. After a week after she broke the news about her trip, even though she was late for the airport, her mother spent 20 minutes listing all the things that Cass wasn't allowed to do while she was gone, including sliding down the fire pole and riding on the back of Wayne's pickup truck. Cass, Watch her do it. Oh, she's going to do both of those, I bet. Yeah. Cass's mother pushed a credit card into Cass's hand for emergencies, but they are better not be any. Then she turned towards Cass's substitute grandfathers and now substitute guardians. Remember, she's not as adult as she seems. She's still our little girl, which was just about the most infuriating thing her mother could say. Don't worry, we'll keep her on a tight leash, said Grandpa Larry, which made Cass even matter. Yeah, Sebastian's has a few extras, joked Grandpa Wayne, which was so unfunny it wasn't funny. <laughs> Apparently, keeping Cass on a tight leash meant dragging her around with them wherever they went. As soon as her mother left, Grandpa Larry and Grandpa Wayne started uh, filling all of her out-of-school time with trips to the flea market and swap meets and garage sales and auto park junkyards. They said, we're just uh- checking out the competition, but Cass noticed everywhere they left... They oh, never oh, left oh. anywhere empty-handed. Oh, 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 why we... Auto, Auto parts. parts. <laughs> After two days with them, Cass never wanted to see another old, broken thing for the rest of her life. Still, the field trips were a relief compared to the time she spent in the shop. Whenever she was at the fire station, Cass worried that Gloria might show up and tell her grandfather about seeing Cass at the magician's house. What had Gloria called her? A trespasser and a thief. Hearing those words would be enough to get her grandfathers to call her mother and to get her mother to cancel the rest of her trip and get Cass in pretty much the biggest trouble she'd ever been in. in. Unable to bear the suspense any longer, Cass asked her grandfathers if they'd heard anything from Gloria. Oh, don't you worry. She always comes back, says Grandpa Wayne, completely misinterpreting Cass's concern. And I'm sure she'll have plenty of loot. Maybe she'll even have have a new adding machine for us wouldn't that be so cool Cass wasn't sure what could be less cool than a new adding machine unless it was grandpa wayne's said the unless grandpa wayne said the word cool in any case his answer did not reassure her but gloria stayed away that day and the next and the next gradually Cass's anxiety about gloria reappearing was replaced by a new anxiety and anxiety about Gloria disappearing. What if Dr. Ella and Mrs. Mavius had done something to her? Uh, was that why Gloria hadn't dropped by? Uh, dropped by the shop? 
The more Cass thought about it, the more certain Cass became that Gloria had met some terrible fate. The magician's house was so remote, Gloria's body might not might rot there for years, and nobody would know. When the next Saturday arrived, Cass's grandfathers announced that it was time to take their once-a-year inventory. Each and every single thing in the store had to be counted. Cass could only imagine what this would be like. This store was so disorganized that it would take an entire year to catalog the events or the contents, and then it would be and then it would be time for the next year's inventory. She couldn't ask for a better opportunity opportunity to return to the magician's house and resume her investigation. As if she were just trying to be helpful, she offered to take Sebastian for a walk while her grandfathers were working. They accepted on on condition that she not stay away too long. Cass knew they'd lose track of time as soon as they got started in the inventory, so she readily agreed. She promised to clean up after the dog. Being blind, Sebastian had a tendency to go about his, quote, business in inconvenient places. That means take a dookie. (laughs) There was one thing that she had to do before she left. In case her grandfathers were more efficient about taking inventory than she imagined, Cass stealthily removed the symphony of smells from her backpack and slipped it back into the shelf where Grandpa Larry had last stored it. Probably they wouldn't look, but it was better to be careful. Besides, her backpack was heavy enough as it was. What's the symphony of smells? Remember, they don't know the symphony of smells. It's like the suit, the little case full of smelly things. Oh, yeah. The magician's notebook, of course, she kept. No way she was leaving that. Then she said a loud goodbye and headed out with Sebastian. The morning was sunny and windy, which was one of Cass's favorite new weather combinations, and she was happy and excited about the day ahead of her. She also liked it when the weather was sunny and rainy at the same time, which is when you're most likely to see a rainbow. That's right. However, mud would have made it difficult to dig, so it was a good thing it wasn't raining. Mentally, Cass went over her list of supplies that she'd taken down that she took down her own inventory, so to speak, until she was satisfied with everything she needed, from a collapsible shovel to an extra extra plastic bags for picking up dog poop, and no time at all, Cass felt confident that she and Max Ernest would find whatever it was the magician had buried in the ground. She only hoped that it didn't find that they didn't find the magician or Gloria buried along with it. What would you do if I did that? I would be like, Are you crazy? You're crazy. Would you make me get in trouble? Nah, probably not. Okay, yes. Would you rather me say yes? No. (laughs) When she reached Max Ernest's house, Cass hit a snag. Max Ernest was standing in the driveway, flipping a coin in the air. On one side of him, his mother sat in the car. On the other side of him, his father sat in his car. Okay, heads I go with mom, tails I go with dad. He was saying, as Cass walked up to him, this was the new way Max Ernest made many decisions concerning his parents. He didn't have to pick a favorite. The coin fell to the ground before he could grab it. Oh, darn, you made me mess up, he said to Cass. Well, that's okay, because you're not going with either your parents. You're going with me, said Cass. We're going back to the magician's house, she said in a whisper. We can't. I'm going to a new doctor, Max Ernest whispered. Well, tell him it's important. But he thinks he knows what my condition is. I have to go. Well, then I'll just have to go to the magician's house without you, Cass said, very displeased with the turn of events. You'd go without me, asked Max Ernest in in alarm. 
Don't worry, I know how to handle myself, said Cass, which was a little line she had once heard in a movie. That's not what I meant, said Max Ernest. I thought we were partners. You said we were collaborating. Cass immediately bristled at this suggestion. I never said that. That was something to tell our parents. We're not even building that volcano. I'm a survivalist, remember? I don't count on anybody but myself. Oh, well, I'll never count on anybody either. Oh, I've never counted on anybody either. Something about the way he said it. He said this. Maybe it was the fact that tears were welling in his eyes made, made Cass think twice. Although Cass liked to think of herself as a fearless adventurer, she also wanted to be fair-minded. Technically, it was true. She had never agreed to collaborate with Max Ernest on the investigation, but she had acted like they were collaborators, and it amounted to the same thing. Almost. Maybe he was right. She shouldn't go without him. After a few seconds of intense whispering and negotiation, they agreed to go back to the magician's house Monday after school. Even if it meant having to skip the Obi lesson, Cass, and Mathlete's meeting, Max Ernest. Disappointment, disappointed, but resigned, Cass turned around to head back to the firehouse. When she got there, she let Sebastian off his leash and turned the big red turn and opened the big red door usually sebastian would run out at this point and head for the kitchen in search of food this time sebastian hesitated at the door refusing to enter and Cass tried to nudge him in what's wrong don't you want breakfast you know food eat Cass waited until he finally entered the store but he kept growling and turning his head away uh, away and that as if anything trying to catch an elusive scent Cass looked inside. Everything was the way it was left. It didn't look as though her grandfathers had made any headway on the inventory. Grandpa Larry? Grandpa Wayne? Nobody answered. Cass couldn't remember the firehouse ever being so silent. She called their names again. Something was wrong. Her instincts told her to turn around and leave as fast as she could. But what if her grandparents were bound and gagged and locked in the closet? And she could have saved them, but she didn't. Or what if they were lying in the kitchen in a pool of blood, breathing their last breath, and she could have been able to hear their dying wishes, but she wasn't? Or what if, instead of entering quietly, Cass made a lot of noise as she walked in. She talked to Sebastian loudly. She banged on furniture. She figured if the bad guys heard her, maybe they'd sneak out to avoid being seen. It was better than surprising them and having to knock her unconscious in the moment of panic. For about ten tense minutes... Cass searched the firehouse. She had never realized how many hiding places there were in her grandfather's store, how many wardrobes to climb in, tables to climb under, and even it looked like her strategy had worked. The bad guys have had left when they heard, or else they'd already left, or else they'd never been there. Her grandfathers were not tied up in the closet, and there was no blood on the kitchen floor. Everything seemed to be okay, except for the fact that her grandfathers were missing. Then she heard a loud bang. It sounded like a gunfire. Oh my gosh. What do you think happened? <sighs> okay. Guess we're going to have to read chapter 10.